Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives right here on the Superview Show Network. I'm joined by my two incredible best friends in the whole widest world, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Not much. What's going on? We're all back. We're back. Yes, we took, we took a break. We had a whole break. We took we took a week off after you know the holidays and whatnot. We we're a little busy with some stuff, but we are back now. We're back once again. And as the title of this podcast suggests, we spun the wheel last time we were on there, and we discussed and decided, and the wheel decided and landed on my pick, Katy Perry's Teenage Dream from 2009, 10. I forget what year it was. Anyways, so like I think it was 2010. Either way, though. Yeah, 2010. So, Safe yep. search is off, ladies and gents. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So, yes, but as I said, we spun the wheel, though. This is my pick. I wanted to diversify our sounds a little bit, a little bit more than just like, you know, more than just like uh, our metal albums or our rock albums. I said, you know, what? let's review a pop album. Let's review. And what I contend personally is the best pop album from the late 2010, late 2000 to 20 in the 2010s. One of the, uh, in my opinion, the best personally. Um, I have, I have a lot to say on this, but I'm excited to discuss this with my two good friends who also listen to this album too from start to finish. And we are, we're going to review it right here. But yeah, I'm excited about this. Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Ready. Let's let it rip. Do you, you guys have any initial thoughts you guys want to share really quick or no? No, we can go right into this you know, breakdown. Right into the track listing and whatnot too? Okay. Yep. All right, cool. So, all right, let's jump down here. Oh, it was 2010. It was August 24th, 2010. I was 12, I think. I lost track of my <laughs> Whatever, who cares? All right, this album, It's when you talk about pop music and you talk about like just generic, great sing-along songs or just in, some of the best pop music I've heard possibly ever in the 20, 2000s, in my opinion, I immediately think of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. So I'm going to go through track by track really quick here for a second. And yes... We're ranking these out of 10. So here, there's a couple of 10s on here for me personally, but I'll get to those in a second. All right. This album starts off with a banger known as Teenage Dream. I love this track. The moment I heard this track, I was in love with this album from start to finish. It's a great opening track. The title track, well, duh, it's a title track, JT. Of course, you're going to love it. Well, yes, I do love this <laughs> song. It's a great title track, in my opinion. And it just it sets the mood for where you're going to go in future tracks down, the al- down this album from start to finish from 1 to 12. But yeah, Teenage Dream, 10 out of 10. Straight up 10 out of 10. I, it's pure 2000s pop to a T. Great track to start off, from my, my opinion. Then you go to Last Friday Night, T, TGIF. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> you know, listening to it back then in 2010, 2011, when, those, when these songs were heavily played on the radio and charting like crazy, I will say that there's one line in this song though that makes me cringe. The cringe okay, fest. Charting or charting? I just want to clear that up. Oh, it says charting, baby. We're talking about the. Okay, I'm sorry. I just uh, I, my sound on this. I cut like, out. I'm not charting. I promise you. If I was charting, right, no, yeah. don't worry. It's all cleared up now. So yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mike's in for a treat tonight. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard." Next to CeeLo Green's "The Lady Killer." What? <laughs> Of course. Yeah. No, but last Friday night, TGI, there's some lines in there that did not hold up well as I thought it would, but still, I still think musically it's still a bop. It's still a great pop song. Which, uh, the line we're talking about, yeah. The line, the, the you're going <laughs> to laugh at this, but I was listening to it again today and I was like, oh my God, it, 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 that was such an epic fail. That line was like, it's, it's fits the time. What's that? It held up great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. It, it, to me, it's still a ten out of ten. It's just every time I hear the one, I'm like, "Ooh, 
my childhood it's right in the childhood right there a little bit it's like if i have an epic fail wow yikes <laughs> but it's, it's still a great track overall musically it's great it's got like you know it's it, it hitting the bar it's hitting the cruise hitting the the, the the scene if you will going out meeting ladies doing whatever you gotta do last friday night tgrf 10 out of 10 for me so far so far so good right California Girls, not the Beach Boys track. Because I remember when the song first came out. I remember Michael over the Beach Boys for whatever reason was bashing this song because it has the same exact title and it was getting so much publicity. For whatever reason, I remember Michael just bashing it completely. But I don't care. It's a great track. Another ten out imagine, of ten, featuring the Almighty Snoop Dogg. Imagine getting so bent out of shape and butt hurt that someone used the same song title. I know, right? Like love with the LUV. Oh my God, who cares, right? You know the amount of bands that would get pissed off about other bands using the word holiday as their title? Or, I don't know, New Year's Day? Another one of those. I can think of three off the top but of my I, head. I do want to make a comment that Kyle specifically said when people spell words wrong, it, oh, it makes him mad. I can't stand the way it's spelled in the title. Me so neither. You must, you must have... You must have raged out on this song and gave it a terrible rating, I guess. No, because it doesn't affect the ratings. Oh, oh it exactly. doesn't matter. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I um, see. All right. <laughs> California, California Girls featuring Snoop Dogg with a different spelling of G-U-R-L-S, whatever. It's annoying, yes, but it's that doesn't affect the song here at all. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. It's such a bump. It, it screams like, like that mid 2000s vibe as well as like hey, i'm gonna go to the beach and play california girls whatever right yeah whatever but yeah mm-hmm. it's fantastic and soup dogs featuring it it really worked out perfectly for me with this 10 out of 10 there's three straight 10 out of 10s for me personally on this you can see my childhood was i was so alone as a kid um, <laughs> <laughs> I had, hey katie perry you and me we got this <laughs> it's like hey um and then we get to the 11 out of 10 on this album the 11 out of 10 for this record is Firework by Katy Perry. I love this song so much. I started listening to it again in my own separate playlist again on Spotify. After the fact of, I forgot how much I love this song. It's such a, I'm not going to say stupid, but it's such like a goofy, fun, like pop, bubblegum pop song. And you can make so much out of it. Like with like, to this day, it holds up still. This is an 11 out of 10, gentlemen. Firework, you talk about, you want to talk about pop music in the 2000s? You have to mention Firework by Katy Perry. 11 out of 10. Fantastic track. I forgot how much I love it to this day. And the music video is hysterical for it, too. It's just a firework coming out of her chest or whatever. It's like, oh, my God, she blew up. <laughs> whatever, right? It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, you, if you haven't seen the music video, check it out immediately. Online, of course, after you've watched us and view us. Um, now we get to some tracks that were not... As good, but held up more than I remember them initially because they weren't like big on the radio heavily as much as Teenage Dream, Last Friday Night, California Girls, Firework, and the other another two I'm about to mention as well. But the Peacock song, it's not bad, but it's not, it's nowhere near the first four tracks for me. It's it's a sound like 7.5, almost eight out of 10 for me. It's not great, but it still holds up. It's like, all right, it fits the context of the record. It fits the context of the pop record of the 2000s and whatnot. So Peacock 7.5, pushing an 8 out of 10 a little bit for me personally. Uh, Circle the Drain, I completely forgot this song existed, <laughs> if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. I was like, because you're so used to hearing Teenage Dream last Friday night, Firework, all the singles, E.T., the one that got away on the radio. You're so used to hearing the big hit singles, like all six of them. You're used to hearing all six of them, and you forget about kind of deeper tracks from Katy Perry, like circle the drain it's not it's not bad again it, it's very similar vein as peacock it's not bad it's not great 
This is actually a solid like seven out of ten, just a little bit lower than Peacock. Okay, it's not it's not bad, but it's not like it's not great like the other first four tracks. Yeah, the first short four tracks rip through the record perfectly, in my opinion. Um, track number seven, the one that got away, it took me a little while to actually like. I'm saying this on air, and I don't give a shit at all. <laughs> I keep my show PG-13 for a reason, but I'm saying this one right now. The one that got away, the lyric writing, I really appreciate a lot, more than I did before. Uh, for whatever reason, I always cried when I heard it. Yes, I'm, I'm a grown man. I, I'm 25 years old. I can admit that on camera and, and on air or whatever. I don't care. But the one that got away is a very emotional song for me personally. It's about like this high school lover and how you get matching tattoos and you know, you're like, oh my God, and, and puppy love. And then reality hits and you that's the person that got away from you. It's a really hard-hitting song, but it's got a pop beat to it with the drums. That's what kind of keep it upbeat. But it's a it sounds optimistic, but at the same time, it's very sad. Uh, there's actually an acoustic version of this song on one of her compilation records. I forget which one it was. Um, but she did an acoustic just to her and the guitar, and that would hit that one hits hard. You want to sound really emotional, <laughs> listen to the one that got away. On the acoustic guitar only. It's very sad and it's very emotional. It makes me cry. I'm not gonna lie. I was going through it again. I was like, I'm gonna. Go. I actually started crying in the car listening to it. Yes, I said that out live. I don't care. This is a great album, nonetheless. Let's keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, ET, the extra number, not the extra trash. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. This is a song that I forgot about completely until I read. We went back and revisited this for this our podcast as we spun the wheel. I forgot how much I enjoyed E.T. And, and the song itself sounds like mysterious enough to the point where you can hear like, you know, it it, it sounds like hypnotizing. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the lyrics all of a sudden. Like, it just sounds so alienist, alien-like, if you will. And as Tom DeLonge once said recently, that aliens do exist. Let's be real. He did say that, and it's basically true at this point. Um, but ET, I really like this track. This is solid eight out of ten. This is an eight out of ten for me. I love this track. This is apparently really... the producers were like characters from like GI Joe or something. Like <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't know, like what's going on with Ammo Dr. and Luke, Max, Ammo and Martin. Oh my god, Max Martin sounds like Lex Luthor. You know, that's a that's like, Superman's like arch enemy, super villain. I am Max Martin. Lex Luthor, Superman's arch enemy. Just saying. I'm wrong universe, wrong universe, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but ET, I, I, an eight out of ten. I forgot how much I enjoyed this pop song, and it was great, great, great track. Uh, it really brought up the rest of the record a little bit more than the one that got away. Uh, did I rate? Did I, did I did I get my rating for the one that got away? That's a ten out of ten for me. I love that song. It's very sad. It's emotional, but it's a ten out of ten. I do love that track a lot, but much more than I initially did. Sorry, ten out of ten. ET's an eight out of ten. We're kind of. Di- we went through a couple hills and valleys. Now we're getting to the lower part of the record where it still holds up, but not as much for me. But E.T., the extraterrestrial, I think in the movie, E.T., <laughs> the song, sorry, uh, E.T., the song is a great pop song. Just it fit the, fit the time. It doesn't feel as dated as I thought it would be, but it does sound like it came from that time period, which is still good. Nonetheless, it's eight out of 10. Now we get to the rest of the record, which I have to say, I don't remember and nearly as much as I thought I did until listening to this record over and over again to prep for our stream tonight and our podcast. But who am I living for? And the, let me just preface by saying this. The last four tracks are not, they don't hold up as much as I thought they would, but they're still like good nonetheless for me. So actually, I'm just going to brand them really quick. Who am I living for is a solid 
uh, what I have here. What I have for um, I'm looking at my notes. I'm sorry. It's a solid six out of ten. It's not great, but it, this is where the album kind of <clears throat> it peters off a little bit, in my opinion. It goes a little bit too long, just a smidge. Who am I living for with and Pearl hummingbird heartbeat and not like the movies. These are four tracks that are just really they're 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 good and they're but they're kind of forgotten about because the other the first two thirds of the record have like really, really, really well-known pop hits on them. And but these these four tracks on the bottom here, what am who am I living for? Pearl hummingbird heartbeat and not like the movies are still to me they're still very good they just don't hold the candle as much as i thought they would going back to listen to the whole album because when, when i first heard this album you know back in what 2010 when it came out i was hooked instantly i was like the, the teenage dream you know california girls firework whatever right big big fan of the songs the parts the, the part of the record where it starts to dip a little bit more in quality for me personally is the last four tracks they're not as memorable they're not they're, they're still good but they're just not as memorable they're not as more prominent as the proper the former the hits on the record beforehand so uh seven out of ten for who am i living for six uh, seven out of ten for pearl hummingbird heartbeat actually lies at about a 6.5 so we're getting a little lower and not like the movies is all it's six at 6.5 out of ten as well so not that bad but not that great in my opinion because the more I listen to it over and over again, you could have done without a little bit of them, but at the same time, they fit there on the record and I had to rate them for what they were. So that's just me personally for those uh, four last tracks. But overall, though, man, going back and listening to a pop album from 2010, oh my God, this was a trip down memory lane for me personally. I was taken back by how much I enjoyed a lot more of these tracks than I thought I did. <clears throat> um, it does it, it, have some way, some hills and valleys, if you will. like. We go up a little bit, then we go down a little bit, then we go up again, we go down a little bit more. Like I said, the last four tracks on the record for me personally are, are not as good, but they're still good nonetheless because they fit the context of the time they were produced and written in and made in. Uh, it's, actually, it's funny. Actually, it reminds me almost, we did a, Kyle and I did this before Mike even came on to us. We talked about Panic of the Disco's Death of a Bachelor album. Which had nine songs on it, but the last two or three were like, like, eh, they, they were good, but they weren't like they didn't, they weren't fully like on the, they weren't like as memorable as the first, the first two thirds of the record. That's kind of how I feel about this as well. The more I think, the more I thought about it, was that this record has so many great hits on it, and the hits really do hold up after time. They hold up after a long, after over ten years now, and the deeper cuts on the record are still good, but they're not as good as I remember them. Back then, of course, because it, they just didn't hold up as much as I thought they would. But nonetheless, though, this is solid. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. And this is an 8.5 out of 10, man. I was surprised about how much I re-enjoyed re listening to this record over and over again to prep for our stream tonight. And I, Katy Perry, you are a great pop singer. What, what are you doing on American Idol? Get off it. Start touring. And mm -hmm. I love to see it. Just want to say that out loud. What was uh, the rating you said? I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. I said 8.5 because the reasoning, because the, the really good songs like Teenage Dream, Last Friday Night, California Girls, Firework, uh, the one that got away, E.T., you know, the bigger hits on the record hold it up a lot more. The one thing that brought it down from like, a, I was getting closer. <laughs> the more I thought about it, I said, it's an 8.5 because. The last four tracks are not as memorable, and the middle two songs of Peacock and Circle the Drain are not as memorable as the same way. But at the same, the, but the, the track list and the placement on each track made me think, okay, this is still a solid pop record overall. In my opinion, probably the best pop record we got at the time. That's why I'm saying an 8.5 out of 10 for me personally for Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. But I'm very, very, very curious to see what my good man and married guy, Kyle 
Corisha has to say about this record. Corisha, yeah, yeah, Corisha. That one. There you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, off to a terrible start. <laughs> anyway. Kind of like some kind of a like horrible disease you get over in Mexico. Is that a medication? Oh, I got Corisha. Corisha disease. I got. I got. I got to go get my Corisha Corisha pills. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, All right. So, Teenage Dream, one of the top, well, top three, one of the big three pop albums of the 2010s let's be honest uh and i'll get into this more throughout the album but let's be honest here pop artists do not have a good track record with full albums at all yep generally with pop artists it's all right here's like a a single or two that are good here and there it's very rare to have a solid actual album from a pop artist um this is one of them i would put in that uh, big three of the 2010s 1989 by taylor swift and 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Those are really the big three that were just completely solid throughout, uh, had massive singles. And yeah, so I mean, we're talking one of my favorite pop albums here. Now, are you addressing Katy Perry or her 10 writers? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to get to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to know who you're addressing. Yes. I'm just trying to figure that I'm out. I'm attributing <laughs> most of this. Well, one, she's the performer, but there's a big six songs on this album to me. And I would say to everyone, they're the big six that really everyone knows. Of those six, five of them were co-written and produced by Max Martin. Max Martin is one of the absolute, if not the absolute best pop songwriter and producer out there. The dude has 25 number one hits written or co-written since he started in 1998. So, I mean, we're talking 25 years of consistently solid writing here. Uh, it's no shock to me that the best songs in this album had him as part of it. Same thing with her singles from her follow-up album, Prism. Same thing with some of the deluxe edition tracks, like Part of Me, one of her best songs. He also had part of that. Uh, so, no surprise to me there. What did surprise me was, I completely agree with JT totally front loaded on this album and i'll get to that when i go through the song list the track list here but totally front loaded uh and the album as a whole suffers from it pretty heavily uh so let's just get into it teenage dream completely agree jt 10 out of 10 here and you know what i have pretty much the same thing to say for the first four tracks so we're just gonna get right down to it 10 out of 10 first four songs teenage dream last friday night california girls and firework what a way to start off an album. You don't get a much better run of songs than this uh, on an, on any album in general. I mean, it's such like bubblegum pop, but you know what you're getting from it. You're not going to a Katy Perry album for deep, sophisticated writing or songs that have many movements or things like that. But in these first four songs, she does manage and her writers manage to keep it very um while they follow the same thematic style and the same sound these first four songs all have something that sets themselves slightly apart from the other like teenage dream does have a slightly distorted guitar in the background it's only doing like some power chords here and there but it's there uh it's fun it's well written it has some nice synths in there to provide some ambiance through it uh, last Friday night has that saxophone solo thrown in the middle there, which is great. California Girls, 
does it does a feature well, which is something I can't say for pop music these days. I mean, look at this album, one of the biggest albums of its time, of really all of the pop genre in general. One feature. We're not going to count the E.T. Kanye West feature because I wasn't on the album. <laughs> but <laughs> my point here is back then, features were used sparingly and when they knew how to do them. Like Snoop Dogg sounds like he fits in the song here. It doesn't take you out of it. It's not jarring and it's not. And it feels like it was something that they could have worked on together. Again, it doesn't sound like disjointed. And then Firework has those orchestral hits and that pre-chorus that just work really well in its favor. It's an excellent touch. It's a pop banger. Uh, and then we get to Peacock. This is a seven for me. I like the song. It's good. The lyrics are super cringy. There, there's no way around that. Lyric, A lyrical masterpiece, this is not. The, the chorus is just blatant, um, blatant sing-along cheerleader chant style. Uh, still fun to jam out to. Could get a little bit annoying with repetition, but you know what? Still better than 90% of the pop songs out there now, out there now that are just uh, boring and sad. Something just fell on my desk. I'm sure you heard that. <laughs> Sound like you're living in, you got shot at in the hood or something, man. <laughs> God, Mike. <laughs> like I do live relatively close to, close to Poughkeepsie, so you never know. Oh, man. Jeez. You just disclose where we are, damn it. <laughs> all good. Hey, no one ever said where you were. <laughs> but anyway, uh, then Circle the Drain. I'm actually right with JT on this one. Straight seven. Uh, this one kind of leans more into that like pop rock almost nearly pop punk vibes but not so much this kind of more in line with her uh, first album which used more guitars and more of that pop rock style i will say lyrically this is deeper than most on the album uh kind of dealing with the more serious tone about a relationship that's failing because of you know your partner's drug addiction um it's overall still a good song it's one of the on the lower end of the album not nearly as good as (laughs) Russell Brand, Russell not Brand. nearly as uh, good as their as the hits on here. But then it picks <clears> up again <throat> when we get to the one that got away. Great emotional song, massive chorus, lyrically just very touching, really nice. Uh, one of my favorite vocal performances and songs in general from her. She's a good singer. Same thing with Firework is up there too. She's a decent singer, but she's never been someone that's like blown me away with her vocals. She's like a good pop singer, but she's not like a belter. She's no like Adele or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But on this one, it, it really worked. I uh, think we got another 10 on this one. Uh, the production on this one absolutely kills it. Uh, I love the beat behind it. Uh, it the, I love the feature with Kanye. I know that's not the one we're talking about here, but that one I like even maybe even slightly more. Uh, just adds the perfect touch there. But yeah, the atmosphere that it creates especially in the the chorus here is just flawless to me and then we get to the garbage here i'm gonna (laughs) call it what it is who am i living for is a straight two out of ten this is horrendous jt i'm gonna have to disagree with you here this was so boring of a song it felt like it dragged on forever the vocals didn't even sound good here i don't know if it was the production on them or what but it just did not flow. It didn't sound good. It's super low energy, super boring. Uh, not really sure what happened here. It's such a standout track in such a bad way for me. 
Mike's gonna come back and be like, "This is my favorite on the album." <laughs> I'm just reacting to the sounds going on in the background. I I'm a little worried for. Oh, that's probably uh, probably like uh, Roomba driving around. Kyle, blink twice if you're okay. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. Okay. Send help. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't. If you're being held under gunpoint, let us call nine one one. And then we got, uh, we'll go right into Pearl from here. Four out of ten. Also, don't like this one. It's a little bit better because the vocals actually sound good, unlike that last one. But it's really just a filler track. Don't go back to it. Yeah. Hummingbird Heartbeat, only song in the bottom four that I would go back to. I actually like this one quite a bit. It's an eight out of ten for me. It's a pretty standard pop song. You know, there's nothing special about it. Um, but it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It gets the job done if you want to listen to just a mindless pop song. And then it just peters out with not like the movies, which is a five. But I will say you get a different vocalist on this. It could go up. You put someone like, an, and I don't really like Adele, but you put someone like Adele on this track, someone that has like a voice meant to like belt out there. And you could have a really good song here. It's just, I don't think her voice works for this type of track. Uh, and I feel like this is where she's kind of gone in her more recent albums and that's why they haven't really jived for me that much so i mean overall it didn't rate as high as i thought it would after i got to that last half it really hurt it um it really could have left off those three big songs there uh who am i living for pearl and not like the movies could have left them off completely and it would have been a much better album uh and then maybe even just replace it with one of the bonus tracks like part of me um you know those were that was also a huge song. But yeah, so for me, we're going with 7.75 on this. Lower than JT, but as far as pop albums go, you're going to be hard-pressed to find much better than this in terms of a full album. It all comes down to Mr. <laughs> Cornell. There we go. He there actually is go. a real professor at Cornell University, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was uh, dismissed because now of gave some... gave his location. Yeah, jeez. I, I was dismissed Bassin. because of some personal reasons, but I don't want to go into that. It's still uh, pending an investigation. So Thankfully, yeah. HR helped him out. I'm, way, I'm just kidding. What? Yes, I'm... yes. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, it's not going to be a surprise that I am not a fan of pop music. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, if you know me in real life, you know that I'm just not a fan of pop music. But there are some pop music albums and artists who actually do stuff that i do like you know like bruno mars um you know there's a couple other uh random songs out there i enjoy now like uh, you know to exactly what uh kyle said uh full albums have never been a uh a a thing that most pop artists do well unless you know it's an absolutely epic um you know uh just special album by a pop artist you know obviously like you know you got the michael jackson's out there and you have those kinds of types of people but um you know there are so this is this comes from a school of more kind of bubblegum pop like kyle was saying so yeah i'm just gonna run down it here um you know start off with teenage dream it's just standard pop music for me um you know like kyle was saying i come to uh, look for something a little more uh a little more substance to it um vocals don't do anything special um, I don't feel her voice handles high registers very well. Um, just forgettable melody. For me, this is a four out of 10. 
Um, yeah, it just didn't do anything for me. We kind of come, kind of come along to the similar thing last Friday night. That it's just repetitive vocally on and just unimpressive in that manner. Um, musically, it's not very colorful. I kind of like bass vibe here, um, but it's just it's it's a little catch. It's kind of catchy, uh, but it's just a lyric. It's lyrically cringe, and like Kyle was saying, that's not something that's gonna be uh, shocking. So um, four out of ten for me here. Um, yeah. So then we go to California Girls. Um, I, not even Snoop can save this formulaic beat over top of these vocals. They just it for me just really used very little um, of its the song to like achieve something more. Um, it was a three out of ten for me. This was actually one of the songs that just really um, did not sit well with me. And um, what's kind of funny is when you listen to even Snoop's flow, I actually it sounds so similar to another song, almost ironically, like the things he says in it. I, it, it, I can't remember. I'll have to come back and uh, think about that a little more. But um, yeah, just moving right along. Uh, Firework. Um, you know, it's weird. It started out sounding like tonight's going to be a good night by the uh, um, the Black Eyed Peas, which m- may have come out around <laughs> the same time. Uh, if and if someone wants to look that up while I'm talking, uh, be my guest. If not, no problem. But uh, it started, yeah, started feeling like that. Uh, you know, thank Home Depot Radio to uh, beat this song into an absolute pulp. Very generic, doesn't do anything interesting for me. I actually one of the songs I hate from uh, um, Katy Perry, Katy Perry. Um, backing beat is so stock, um, almost to a point where you know you wonder if like a human made it. Um, so yeah, Mike, I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas came out uh, 2009. This album was 2010. So I, I have a feeling. I got a feeling she copied off that beat in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Her, her writers, you mean? Yeah, her writers. Excuse me. Yeah. So two out of ten for me, unfortunately, not one of my favorite songs. And then we get to the worst song on this album, Peacock. It's a one out of ten, folks. Horrible lyrics, horrible beat, horrible everything. Very repetitive. Mike yeah. hates fun. Mike hates it's fun. Mike fun, hates fun. <laughs> fun is nice when it doesn't make my brain turn into mush. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like it was just the chanting and the like the the references to like Peacock being like yeah I'm not even gonna go into that but yeah Mike um, what, what does it mean I thought you were talking about a bird yeah yeah what, what I, bird are you talking yeah. about I, the kind of bird that no one should ever talk about on the terrible <laughs> um, anyway she's talking about the streaming service right Peacock NBC yeah. right yeah totally Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Mike does not want to see your peacock, JT. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, don't want to see your peacock. Uh, And then we get to actually a step up here. And this is funny. Kyle nails everything on the head. I hate you, Kyle, because you know exactly what you're talking about. Circle of Drain, actually, six out of ten. Um, lyrics are terrible again. Like, but I like the attitude here, and I actually like how the the backing synths. I can't even say that word. The backing synths actually clash with the music and almost sound out of place. I actually like that. Um, which is kind of which is brings me back to why we're all kind of different music reviewers here. And it's nice to get a certain insight from someone who actually uh, remember how, like when we were talking about that Alter Bridge song and you guys said it took a turn that you didn't like, you know what I'm saying? I like when things take turns in the wrong direction sometimes because it it's something your brain doesn't expect and it keeps you guessing whereas like if it does the thing you expect it to do 
it's very predictable. And like, I think that's something I really like in music is when it does something weird and it does something dark or strange or that clashes or whatever. And so I like that aspect of it. I kind of, I kind of like the attitude, but also like, like who wants to hear someone talk about the awkward things of their relationship and, and, and the, the lyrics. I just, I, but the song is okay, actually, you know, six out of 10. And then we get to the best song on the album. Uh, the one that got away. This is a, uh, now, Hilariously enough, and thank YouTube Shorts for this. I wouldn't have known of this song, but because you know it started on TikTok, people are using the song on TikTok, and then it finds its way to YouTube Shorts. Uh, that basically they speed it up, and I actually like the sped up version versus this version. This version feels very plodding. It feels very like I don't like that rhythm of it. I like a faster version of it which actually allows the song to kind of flow more um yeah which is interesting uh me actually saying tiktok did something right folks mark your calendars this is a very rare occasion because uh you know so seven out of ten for me uh could have been an eight could have been even higher if it was faster i'd actually like to hear a remix where it's faster which i probably you know uh, will uh run into at some point uh, with my search, uh, when I'm listening to this album now, YouTube thinks I'm a, uh, Katy Perry fan. I'm going to call her Katy Perry <laughs> for now, by the way, folks. And I don't care who doesn't like it. Anyway, moving on. E.T. Katy uh, e. Perry. This is Katy Perry. I thought it was so, Patty Carey. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Patty Carey. Patty Carey. Patty Carey. Baking Baker's man. Yeah, sure. Um, so E.T. Yeah, E.T. Phone home. No good music here. Dumb lyrics. Just a generic pop song, four out of ten, didn't do anything for me. And then actually a song that took a rise again, Kyle. You nailed it on the head. Who am I living for? I actually the chorus is decent. I actually kind of uh I actually like the kind of like beat to it and the like darkness of it a little bit. Uh six out of ten. I mean it's not I ain't putting it on a playlist, nor am I ever listening to it again. No offense. But uh like it it within this album, I actually kind of like the 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 environment of it. If I were driving and listening to something, um, and watching the scenery go by, it kind of had a certain kind of vibe to it. Um, Pearl's a three out of ten. So vocally dramatic, breathy. <sighs> She's just breathing so much in this. You'd think that she like learned from uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the other the whisper girl. I can't even think of her name. <laughs> uh, uh, who whispers to all? The who whispers to all Billie the music? Eilish. I can't think. Billy Eilish, yes. Yeah. I just kept doing this when I was listening to it. Like my God, uh, hummingbird heartbeat. My, I had to check my own heartbeat during this to make sure I wasn't uh, expired. And uh, I do like, yeah, I do. Yeah, no, reverse style. It just oh. I like some of the rock guitar edge, but the vocals are you know, but um, you know, this just diminished uh, energy uh, coming in and then. The soloing behind the song, I kind of like that, but couldn't save it. Uh, not like the movies. Once again, she tries to pull off this theater-esque kind of sound, musical kind of sound, but it just misses the mark, um, lacking that kind of touching like melody that she's going for. It just wouldn't, just did not nail anything. Three out of ten. And then part of me, it's something you'd hear at Home Depot or a gas station. It's just... Yeah, four out of ten. Uh, nothing really special. Um, dressing up. Oh my god, two out of ten. This one was cringe lyrics to the max. 
all over the all over the place. The beat change ups, feeling weird, out of place, lose momentum. Um, wide awake, three out of ten, just not interesting, generic. Mike went all um, the way through the deluxe edition. Wow, way to yeah, go! I went, I went into the deluxe. So you know, overall, you know, it, it tries to tap into that nostalgia, the the relationship turmoil, the girl power, the whatever it's going for. But overall, the music is not a vehicle that carries any of those kinds of themes. I just think it's just like the generic beats, the predictable vocals. Uh, it just really didn't showcase uh, too much songwriting for me personally that captivated me. And, you know, just, yeah, vocally unimpressive. Like Kyle was kind of saying, I don't feel, I don't like find her vocals like really like blow me away. They're just there. So, yeah. So for me, this was like a 3.5 out of 10. You know, it, it kind of was like sitting at a four, but I hit it by a half point. Like I said, I do when, you know, as an album doesn't stand up. So yeah, like I, not much, and it's funny. I there's not much here for me to even make fun of, to be honest with you. Besides like the Peacock one or like another song, it just didn't have much to talk about. It was just kind of there. So yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. That's uh, that's Mike's rating, and uh, so eight point five out of ten for me, seven point seven five out of ten for Kyle, and a three say three three point five. Is that what you said? 3.5, yeah, yep. Yeah, 3.5 out of 10 for Mike Cornell of Cornell University. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you heard it here first, guys. This is kind of a – it's one of those pop albums. That I, I do recommend you listen to it no matter what, personally. I mean, because it's it, the, the hits on the record still hold up quite a bit. You can definitely – like, there's there's enough to salvage. If, if you're into pop music, you can definitely salvage enough from it, personally. Um, but are, are we going to spin the wheel today or we're, we're or, or our next two weeks are just uh, nope. going to be a next week is worst albums of the year and the week after is best of the year. Yes. So we're going to end on a good note this year by saying that our next two shows, as Kyle just said, we're finally wrapping up the year of 2023, ladies and gentlemen. So tune in next week for our worst albums of 2023 that came out this year. And we're, and we got plenty to go through there, of course. Uh, and you have to wait and see, of course, and hear from us as always. Um, and but yeah, after the week after that is going to be our best albums of the year, and what we thought what we thought was the best albums of 2023, and for each one of us individually, we whether we reviewed them or not, we're gonna get into that when we get there. But, um, I want to thank Kyle and Mike, of course, for doing this with me, with doing with me as always. And I heard QA podcast is back now, right? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, not yet. I, 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 I meant sorry, not yet. Early January, the <laughs> third of January. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Um, do a clean year, yeah. Perfect. Uh, there will be no career retrospectives on Christmas. That is a federal holiday. That is also our holiday. So we're taking that Monday off. So other we'll see you guys in the Mike holiday pay for that day. Oh, yeah. Do we get time and a half? Yeah, time and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Your Dunkin' Donuts and... Christmas cards are going to be sent to the mail. Don't <laughs> then, maybe we'll, um, then maybe we'll do a video. Give us time and a half. Yeah. 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 Work, exactly. Over time. <laughs> Workers. <laughs> <laughs> no, not workers time. Workers time and a half. Uh, don't worry, I got you. Don't worry. I, 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 there was something coming in the mail for both of you guys. Don't worry. I digress. Uh, that's up. That's um, but yeah, here fifty dollars. Here you go. What? <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, but that's gonna do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching, listening. However, you enjoyed us tonight. Sound off in, in in the description comments below. Tweet us, not tweet us. DM us. Contact us via our social media pages. Simply at the Superview Show, and um. Very good show, and it's a good one to wrap up for the year so far. We got, so, like I said, next, like Kyle, like Kyle and I said, next week are our worst albums of 2023, 
And then after that, our best albums of 2023. And that's going to wrap up for 2023 for us. We're going into a new year and new albums to trash and love and all, all the above. So we're going to have to see. But thank you so much for watching, listening. However you enjoyed us. So for all of us here at Career Retrospective, stay safe, take care, and be awesome.